Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Today's podcast is a conversation, it's advice, it's theorizing, it's offering unqualified often, uh, but solicited advice or guidance to people who have submitted anonymous scenarios, life situations, questions, that sort of thing. I have my lovely girlfriend, Rachel, joining me for this episode. She has done an episode with me in the past, and she is back again for round two. Rachel and I have been friends for 20 years now. Um, We've been through a lot of different seasons together. We met in high school. We did schoolies together. We did our partying years together. We have definitely had our fair share of Long Island iced teas, hangovers, and regrets. But we are now very grown up, very mature mums. Rachel has two beautiful daughters. She has a beautiful husband. Um, They're just a gorgeous, gorgeous family inside and out. And I do truly value Rachel's insight and her opinions and just her willingness to sit down and have a chat about these topics So we answer a variety of questions, as I said, unqualified, but solicited. We talk about body image when pregnant. We talk about self-esteem. We also chat about how difficult it can be when there's some disharmony amongst your inherited extended family, uh, in particular, a sister-in-law and a few more topics as well. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode with Rach. Strap in. It's a long one. We digress at different times. We do talk a bit about our true crime uh, interests at the moment as well. But without any further preamble, let's get in to today's episode. I figured I better hit record because we've already been chatting for a little while. But Rach, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, I'm uh, so glad to be back. It's so nice to have you back. And if only, like if only the listeners could see us now. <laughs> I mean, we've got quite a Luke going on. <laughs> we both are just very stylish right now. To give you some context, I'm like, I feel really run down. I think just this time of year, everyone goes a bit nuts. It's like, all of the Scorpio seasons in my, like all of the Scorpios in my life have their birthdays. And I have like, I have the Virax on the sides of my face. I, um, 
went to the doctor on the on Tuesday, got swollen glands. I just feel just finished so work. Good. I'm I am gorgeous. And it's funny because you sent me a text message saying, I'm logging in, don't judge my look. Meanwhile, we've known each other for like 20 years and we never would. We've seen each other in all states, mind you. Mm-hmm. We did schoolies together. We've seen each other in we've all states. Some, we've seen each other at Rockwell. We've been through it, uh, haven't we? <laughs> um, and I said to her, I'm in my pyjamas. I've just got fresh fake tan on. I've tinted my eyebrows, so I'm looking a bit like aggro. I haven't washed my hair in seven days. It's it's gorge. I mean, it is. If if only the boys that turned us down could see us now. <laughs> there are a few of those over the years. <laughs> I'm choking. Oh my gosh, I'm literally choking. You know, when you get a cough and then the more you like mentally don't cough, the worse it gets. Anyway, now that we've let everyone know about how beautiful we look right now, (laughs) thank you again for carving some time out to join me again for another episode where we dole out some unqualified but um, solicited advice. We're answering or talking about different life scenarios or questions that some of our listeners have submitted anonymously. But before we get into those anonymous submissions, do you have a recommendation for our listeners, whether it's a show, a song, a playlist, a podcast that you're loving, just a good old-fashioned rec? Well, I don't know. I, I hope this reaches all of the market because my taste is very dark and I'm sorry if if you want something lighthearted, you've come to the wrong gal because I agree to, I go on very dark places in Netflix and my Netflix recommendations, like it's troublesome. I think if, if someone walked into my house, they'd be like, is everything okay at home? It's do crazy. You, so do you have to remember to change to the kids setting when oh, you log out? Yeah, That's the- I don't think Margot wants to watch, my daughter wants to watch anything about Dharma, um, you know, the serial killer. So I've just started that. Um, it's very gory, so I can't. Oh, I've kind of I put a pause on that. I've just finished um, a, the girl in the picture, which is like a dark. Oh, it's a true about, crime. Yes, it's all about finding out who this girl is, why she's traveling with this older guy, what the vibe is, and it is so dark. And I I bawled my eyes out at the end because there's like a big plot twist, and oh, it's horrible. So. It, it makes you hug your babies, I think. But so if my if true crime is your bag, I'm your girl. Um, but if you want lighthearted, fun comedy, no, you <laughs> won't find that here. Yeah, I. So yeah, I'm at the moment. I just finished Girl in the Picture, which was heavy, and now I've started. Um, I am a stalker. We started to watch that, and I think we watched about ten minutes of it, and then it turned quite. You know, it. I thought it was going to be much more about the psychology of stalking, and it probably is. But the first episode, it just went so heavy on domestic violence that this one woman was exposed to, and both Brendan and I just like looked at each other, and we must have been having a funny night because normally, like lately, we've been watching pretty heavy stuff too. But we were both just like, nah, not tonight. Like we might have to come back to that stalker series. You almost have to take it on when you're in a really good place in every other aspect of your life. Like if everything's yes. cool um, and you've got to get it at a certain time of the day because if you start watching that at like 9.30 at night, you, I can promise you you're not going to bed because, yeah. Yeah, so go on. My recommendations, I loved. I was very intrigued by 
girl in the picture, it's dark, it's heavy. Um, Dharma is very gory, so I can't. I'm, I'm, I think I'm hitting pause on that, and I'm just in to. In, I am a stalker, but oof. we oof. started to watch the Dharma one, and it got to like literally five minutes into the first episode, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. said to Brendan, "Like, I can't. This is going to have to be it. one that you watch on your own because he yeah. he does watch like a lot of that stuff. <laughs> he's yeah, like yeah, he's very into all of that the, dark stuff. I think you got to have the mind for it, but I can't listen to it in a podcast. I think." Hearing oh, people's the other way enunciate it, it, it makes it worse and it makes it more real. Um, yeah, for some reason I can see it like because visually body language, it's a little bit easier to kind of yeah, I don't know, I don't take know. on board. Well, yep. funnily enough, my recommendation is true crime as well. We're just sort of on the same page there, but it is a podcast, and I know you just said that you're not really into true crime podcasts, but this one is different to any other true crime podcast I've personally listened to. It's called The Crime Analyst and it's hosted Mm -hmm. by a lady called Laura and she is just so uh, intelligent, so inspiring, so thoughtful, so considered. Um, She was part of the team at Scotland Yard. She, uh, she's involved in creating resources and all sorts of training for like stalking, domestic violence. Um, Like she's just a very like intelligent woman. But the reason I love the Crime Analyst podcast is it's not about listening to crimes as entertainment as such because she breaks down all of the cases and she talks about where people went wrong in investigating them and she talks a lot about you know, like the internalized misogyny within the police force, particularly in like the Gabby Petito case. It's so fascinating, Rach. Like she goes through all of the recordings and she's like, look, listen to this. This is like the brohood and this is the bro code. And this is like, I don't know, just the way that she looks at things and explains it. Oh, that's done. That does kind of sound like my bag. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, I'll flick you the link. I think maybe I've gone, maybe I've just gone to, broad you know my search I you know when you do a google search true crime podcast I kind of feel like I clicked on the first one and I wasn't it wasn't it tried another one wasn't it so maybe I've kind of put it in like I can't do it it's too hard well like Um, case case file true crime that's like very much you're in like it's like storytelling and you're in the crime and it feels like you're there for the entertainment of the story and the thrill of it which sounds awful, sounds so awful, but crime analyst is much more about being pragmatic and it's zooming out and looking at the crime as a whole and where investigators drop the ball along the way, what are the things to look out for, understanding coercive control, understanding the more insidious elements of domestic violence especially. So my recommendation is the Crime Analyst podcast, in particular the Gabby Petito series. There are like maybe 15 episodes on it. Um, but it is fascinating. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it. I'm gonna give it another go. Gonna... I shall flick you the link. Um, all right, I'm gonna bring up some of these questions, and we'll just make our we'll way through them. Loose. See up hands yeah, out. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> in our pajamas and our cold sore cream. That's what we'll do. Gosh. All right, number one, being guarded with a new partner because of previous experiences. And I'm trying hard not to be. Help. 
This is, I feel like this is so common because I feel like once you get cheated on, you're going to, you assume the worst in every other, you, you assume the worst in every other person that comes into your life because I've been burnt before. History has served that I've, this has happened to me. I think as hard as it is, you, you're in a new relationship and you need to look at it from a new, with a new set of eyes. This person is new to me. This relationship is new. I think every, I think you automatically kind of drag old stuff in. That's just, you know, that's experiences, that's situations you've been in. You will bring that into the next relationship. Like everybody does it. But I think you need to look at it. And I think you need to look at the forest, not at the trees. I think you need to look at, okay, what kind of qualities does this person have that the person I, I've got out of a relationship with not have? So where are they different? where are they the same what is triggering me so say they're say let's use cheating as an example I was cheated on um this person the person that I was in a relationship previously used to hide text messages from me or like I they would go MIA on nights out and that kind of thing has that new person doing similar things can you then communicate and say hey I want to bring up to you like this kind of stuff used to happen in my last relationship and it really, it really, really triggers me. And I know I'm sure that there's probably nothing happening. I'm sure that you're, I, you know, I just want to put it on the right, on your radar that this is completely overwhelming to me. So I'm feeling like I'm getting all of those past experiences are coming back. I think you need to look at it, new set of eyes, new relationship, new person, but be honest. These are the things that have done that somebody's done to me in the past this is what when you do this it sell tends like sort of sends me this message like you go missing I don't I can't reach you that brings out my anxiety I don't know what's going on I don't know where I stand with you I think you just need to be open um with them yeah communicate a lot and if you're communicating with a partner that respects you and ultimately wants you to feel safe even if these are things that they find trivial or bothersome if a person wants you to feel safe they will listen to your experience understand Mm -hmm. where you're coming from and realize that it is reasonable to give you assurance or reassurance disclaimer within reason you know Mm -hmm. someone else shouldn't be responsible for calming your nervous system 24 7 but I think in this instance Rach that you're talking about with you know infidelity in the past and then you're trying to learn to trust someone being up front and saying, hey, I really want to get to a place where I feel so secure and I am working on earning that secure attachment. But in order to help me get there, there are going to be times when I might be triggered and I recognize that I'm being triggered because of something on the surface, but it's bringing something up from my past right up to the surface and it's coming out. I recognize that's my stuff but so that we can earn secure attachment together, I may need reassurance at times. I also want to say to this listener, being guarded with a new partner because of previous experiences, and I'm trying hard not to be help, like I want to say it's okay to be guarded. Mm -hmm. You know, being guarded is all right. Just don't cut yourself off completely. You know, don't let your past hurts keep calling the shots like don't let them be the one like your past experiences don't let them be in the driver's seat 
put them in the passenger seat. Eventually you'll put them in the back seat. Eventually you can put them in the boot, then a trailer, and then you can park them somewhere else. But initially, I think it's okay to be guarded. And if you want to try and get to a place where you can drop those defenses or park the trailer, if we're sticking with that analogy, then I would say to try to look up and look forward and focus on what it is that you want. Acknowledge, Mm -hmm. yes, you've got those pains in your past. Yes, you've had someone do wrong by you. That all exists. That all happened. That's very real. It's reasonable to want to protect yourself. But if you were to look up and out and forward, what is it that you want and can you focus on that? You know, put your put your eye on the prize of you do want secure attachment, you do want connection. So how can you get there little by little? And that's I think that's ties into kind of like looking at it from a from a bigger yeah. as opposed to like all of these like you want yes. this perfect person to have all of these qualities or whatever it may be. That's a bit, that's a lot of little details. You need to look at it holistically and go, okay, these are the things that I need for me to feel safe. And it's a two-way street. Potentially the person that you're with has had that has is bringing in there some of their old stuff as well. Okay, so get on the same page. Okay, these these are my values. I want honesty, I want trust, and I want open communication, and I want there to be I want to just understand where you're going on a night out. I don't expect you to give me a play-by-play. I think drawing some expectations from both sides and hearing both sides of the story because I'm sure that you every every relationship you start, every new relationship, no matter what it is, it's just new relationships have new problems. You know, it's you you still need to work together, and I'm sure that person's probably bringing in some stuff of their own as well. So two way street of communication will, I think. It, it and it takes time it's not you can't trust someone tomorrow you know it, it takes a great relationship is takes time and you peel back yes. the layers and understand them yeah and that co- that communication and openness and vulnerability goes towards strengthening and allowing you to eventually drop your defenses I know with Brendan especially he would say to me like your walls are up so high which sounds ludicrous now fast forward like 10 months and we got engaged so fast but When we first met, I was very much two steps forward, one step back, very scared. And he would say to me, like, you're going to have to drop those defenses at some point. But he could see that it wasn't from a place of not wanting to get to know him. It wasn't from a place of not being fully invested. It was just from a place of like, far out, my little heart's been through a lot. So I think it's reasonable for the person you're seeing to understand that and to be patient and to build the connection and build the trust and the vulnerability with you um, and to just accept that we've all got baggage, like we've all, we've all got, got stuff. It. We've all got all it. Right. Okay, number two, I have a problematic sister-in-law. I really want to get along, but I'm so triggered. She's judgmental, makes snide remarks, and has to have everything perfect. Advice, please. Oh, I put her in the bin. <laughs> Drop her, mate. Drop her. Um, it's tricky because I'm in, I don't want to say, I hate when people do this. Oh, no, I'm in a great situation, so I don't understand. I'm going to put it in a similar context. So I have I have two sister-in-laws and I love them dearly. Um, but Shout out. <laughs> like, but like anything, it, it takes time to get to know someone. So... I mean, this person does sound kind of toxic anyway. 
I think it's important to be, especially when you're getting to know someone, you keep a couple of cards to your chest. If you know that this person has um, has always got the best advice, always has to give their two cents, has to, oh, but I would have done it this way, that kind of mentality, don't, I would in the beginning maybe not bait them with information. So you, they can't, they can't give their opinion on something that you haven't asked them, if that makes sense. So you kind of keep a couple of cards close to your chest and keep it very neutral. If there's um, topics that your sister-in-law is believes that she's a subject matter expert in or something like that, I would probably, if it were me for my own protection, I'd probably keep those topics off the table. You know, they say never talk politics, they never talk religion, never talk vaccinations or health or that kind of thing if those are if those types of topics are something that your sister-in-law will always chime in about I probably would scale back I'm a big um I'm going to put it into the context of work because that's kind of the closest thing I have that you you have to see them all the time so you know like a sister-in-law you have to see her at family events you have to see her she's in your life you've Um, inherited this relationship yeah it's not a relationship that you have gone out and and um you know so I think you need to look at it like I'm a big believer in keeping the the peace I think just keep your cards close to your chest but just be civil I think there's a lot of um there's a lot of worth in in the silence sometimes silence is in my opinion best practice I wouldn't I wouldn't be baiting her for her her opinion I just kind of would keep my distance withdraw a little bit but polite I think that's a very big thing I think as things are certainly topics that she loves to talk about or comments or things that you know that she's always going to bring up I probably would keep them I would scale them back and I would just I I think the word polite is a good word Rach because I was just having this conversation actually with Brendan today and I was saying like I think something that I have learned over the course of a little while is there is so much value in a polite veneer to family and it's not something that I uh, was aware of in my early 20s as such. Like I think in my early 20s I took things more personally. I felt Mm -hmm. more enraged at certain things that were going on. I felt... Uh, and they escalate, hurt. you know. Yes, when yeah. you, when, you're, when you've both got an opinion, especially if you're quite um, boisterous, if you're quite opinionated, and so is your sister-in-law, you're going to get into a something. You're going to get into it, and it's going to get heated. It's not going to be, oh wow, I see your point of view. Oh wow, I see your point of view as well. It's not going to be like that. So I think it needs to be polite. It yes. just. Um, and I mean, it says like, I have a problematic sister-in-law. So maybe that's just all it is. You just go, you know what? I've got a sister-in-law who's a bit difficult. We have personality clashes, but it is what it is because the option of saying like severing that relationship and saying to your partner, you know, it's me or your sister, or I'm not going to go to family things. 
that's not going to end well for anyone and it's going to add so much tension and so much stress to your life and whilst it probably adds stress to your life that you know she makes judgmental remarks or she's snide and she puts a lot of perfectionism tendencies on you like that's stressful Mm. but I promise you it's much more stressful if it ends up in like some sort of you know family divide where you feel like you've had to be in the middle of pitting your partner against his sister because she's always going to be there she's always going to be in the picture and I think it like a lot of it comes back to just going "Ah, you know what that's a them problem not a me problem that's a her problem not a me problem if she's like sorry I was say if she's nasty and she's overstepping your boundaries that's up to your partner I think to step in and be the one to draw a boundary and be like hey this is my this is my wife this is my girlfriend this is my husband this is my boyfriend whatever it is you know we need to actually make sure there's a level of respect this is going to be a boundary for us we love you but this is a boundary I think it's on the partner to sort of protect you if it's at that point where you feel like it's really impacting, um, can you hear Lou? <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to get that dog some booties. <laughs> Come on, Lou, sit down. Um, if it's really impacting like your mental health or impacting how much time you want to spend with the family, I think it's valuable to have an open and honest conversation with your partner and see how they feel about it. But honestly, I think the cost of, um, conflict in the family the like the extended family unit is a big one it's Mm. a big cost I was going to say something very similar that I think it needs to be a two-way street so if your if your sister-in-law is completely overstepping the mark and is making is making a situation very uncomfortable I think your partner kind of, in a way, you don't want to bring them into the, they don't, you don't want them to be the mediator, but they kind of need to step up and say, hey, that was out of, I'm calling that out, that's out of line. Um, that's out of bounds. We're not talking about that. Like, Yes, because okay. siblings can do that. A sibling yes. can say anything and it's forgiven eventually. Yes. But an outsider that's brought into the family, they don't have the same privilege. But I think then, I think it is a two-way street. If Certainly if the if the brother or the partner or the sister has the also needs to call out if if you as the um, the listener is is being out, out is also escalating a situation, I think it's then also up to the partner to be to pull them aside at that event or afterwards and say, hey, I I don't know, I think that was kind of out of bounds as well. Like I think they need to play fair ref. Like I, I it can't just be that they hammer down on the sister and say, you need to change all of these things. If there's still some behaviours that perhaps you need to own up to and you need to step in and you need to acknowledge, I think the part of the husband, I'm getting the vibe that it's obviously a brother-sister duo. Yes, that's what I feel like the brother would then also have to do the same thing for the the sister because she could be feeling a similar way, oh, my sister-in-law's crazy or whatever it may be, but it just... I think he needs to play both sides. It can't just be that he hammers down on the sister and, and yes. makes the wife or the partner or the girlfriend. It then can't be, it's got to be a two-way street. Yeah. Yes. And then just two more things I would add to that that I was thinking about just then. One is when you go to family events, you know, maybe putting on like your invisibility cloak that's impenetrable and you're just like, I'm here, that polite veneer is on, 
I'm doing this because I love my partner and family is important to my partner. And that's what it takes. Like for 45 minutes, for an hour, for two hours, whatever it is, I'm just going to acknowledge she bothers me. That's going to happen. But at at the end of this family gathering, I'm leaving. And the second one is to maybe look at your sister-in-law with a little bit of compassion if you can and go, huh, what's going on for her that she feels the need to do that? Um, Can you see the vulnerability in her actions, extend compassion? And can you also keep in mind that people change? Like someone can be really difficult. Like how many stories do you hear of Rach where it's like, oh, we absolutely hated each other at first? A hundred percent. And then you fall in love, you become best friends. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just can have that little bit of friction while everyone's figuring out their dynamics or, you know, maybe she's going through something really, really intense and she's kind of being an asshole to people that are close to her. But you know what? Maybe in two years she'll be in a completely different spot in her life and you'll be like, oh, my gosh, Susan, remember when you were a real bitch to me at Christmas, but now you're really, you know, you're on really great terms. You know, it doesn't have to be that that's how it's always going to be, but that's how it is right now. So what can you do to protect yourself, your energy, and your relationship? If you've ever worked in um, a customer service or a customer um, customer facing role, you know that you've got to show up to that shift and you've got, to ha- you've got to handle whatever comes at you, whatever abuse, whatever price problem that you have, situation that comes at you, you have to kind of let it slide off you. It is very tricky. Can, I can assure you it's, tr- it's tricky when someone is peppering you with their remarks. Like it is, it's a lot. But I think you kind of need to be the bigger person in the beginning. I think it will pay off dividends if you're – if you escalate the situation, are fighting back, uh, the snide remarks are, are flinging back and forth, there's no room for growth. You're just going to stay in this toxic situation. And time is time does wonders for things. Like you said, two years from now, you guys could be um, holidaying together and having margies on the beach. You just don't know. it. But look at it at face value now. It's yuck now be the bigger person, put that cloak on that just says, okay, I've got two hours. That's, you know, six times 15 minutes that I have to deal with her. Then, then we're good. Like, I can tell you just finished a workout six times 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's just seven lots of five minutes to get yeah, through. Five more reps. It's just 22 more Christmases. It's just. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Next up. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm really struggling with my self-esteem. Can you share some tangible steps to improve it? What can I do now slash every day to actually start feeling confident? Oh, this, I feel like this is a big, this is a big question for, I could go into a lot of answers. You know, there's, I feel like there's 700 correct answers to this, 
to this situation. But I think you've got to kind of break it down piece by piece. So first bit is what kind of, I think self-worth, like self-esteem or self-confidence also kind of in a way ties into self-worth. Am I worthy of this love? Am I worthy of a promotion? Am I worthy of meeting a yeah, right Yeah, do I deserve it? Do I um, do I deserve a great house? Do I deserve to be looking in this area? Does, do I deserve, like, am I worthy of what's what's out there? So I think in a way you kind of need to look inwards and say, I am worthy of this. I am worthy of change. I'm worthy of great people being in my life. I'm worthy of great relationships with my girlfriends. I'm great. I'm worthy of a promotion at my work. You know, you've got to, you've got to, in a way, you've got to trick your mind into thinking that whatever comes your way, whatever great things come your way, you're worthy of them and, and you deserve them. You've worked hard for it. Let them, let them in, in a way. Um, the vibrations you send out is usually the vibrations you get back. And I, I know that sounds, makes me sound like a kook, but I do think that does kind of come back to your self-worth. I'm worthy of having the figure I want because I work out. I'm worthy of feeling strong. I'm worthy of change. So I think going inwards and, and allowing yourself in a way to, to bring in the abundance that's out there. The second part is who are you keeping? What kind of community are you keeping around you? So are you, do you have like a hundred hype girls that you could call and say, oh my God, I absolutely crushed this presentation or, oh my God, I met the hottest guy in the bar the other night. Are you, are there, and those people cheering you on, are they saying to you, oh my God, that's amazing. Like when are you seeing him, what's next in the, in the, in the plan? I think you need to know what kind of relationships you have in your corner. Um, are you in a great relationship in a, in a, um, in a romantic way? I think you need to look at your environment and your community. And then I think it, I do think it comes down to the fundamentals of life. You know, you've got to make sure that you're getting enough sleep, that you're training your mind to think, you know what, um, I did, I did so well today. I'm really proud of myself that I ate really well, or I'm so proud I got to the gym three times this week, or I'm so proud I got 15 minutes to myself. I just, you have to be you have to almost welcome welcome what it is that's out there. So I think those yeah. are little fragments, my, in my opinion. I think yeah. if you change your mindset, you, you'll be so amazed what actually happens. Your inner voice is the one that dictates your life. If you are saying, oh, God, I, I'm, of course I'm stuck in this traffic. Of course, I'm, of course I, I'm fighting with my boyfriend. Of course I'm not getting promoted and everyone else is, or, you know, I think if you look at it in a negative light, that's the kind of thing that comes back to you and it kind of festers. Yes. I don't know. I Did agree. I, like a kook? I don't know. No, not at all. Um, I co-sign all of that. I think that your self-talk is really important. Your community. I mean, there's that famous saying that we become the average of the five people, five people, excuse me, that we spend the most amount of time with looking to your community. And that's the people in real life, but it's the people you consume in your ears via podcasts like this one. It's the people that you follow on social media. It's the books you read. It's everything. So doing a bit of a quick audit, who's in your corner? Are people lifting you up or are you surrounded by a whole bunch of like negative Nancys? Um, and yeah, I think considering your relationship with self-worth 
and do you feel worthy of good things? I would also add to that in saying, I think self-esteem is intrinsically linked with self-efficacy and self-efficacy is your belief that you can do things. It's your belief that you will keep your word to yourself. So I would perhaps uh, encourage this listener to get curious about where in their life are they keeping their word to themselves. Um, I would also encourage you to think about what does self-esteem, what does self-confidence, what does self-efficacy mean for you and what is the gap from where you are now to where you want to be? Such as you might go, you know what, if I had better self-esteem, I would put myself out there. I would go for that promotion. I would get on dating apps. I would get on Bumble BFF and make a new girlfriend. You know, I would tackle becoming a mother on my own. If I had that single, excuse me, if I had that self-esteem, then look at where you are now and what are the steps that you would take to get to that version of you and how can you make those steps micro steps? So maybe it's, okay, I really, you know, if I, I believe that if I had great self-esteem, I would go for that promotion. But what are the steps that you need to get there? Maybe you need to do some upskilling. Maybe you need to actually start raising your hand at staff meetings. Maybe you need to pull your manager aside and have a conversation with them and ask for tangible steps. Like rather than just going, oh, I'm lacking self-esteem, get curious and get proactive. And I would also encourage you to turn your focus, and as Rach said, your internal dialogue dictates dictates your reality, but I would encourage you to start noticing the things that you do well and lean into self-affirmations because, you know, we all have heard of affirmations where people stand in the mirror and they're like, I'm powerful, I'm great, I'm beautiful. But there's evidence now to support the fact that if you were to stand in front of a mirror and actually repeat a self-affirming statement, it's going to be more powerful because if you're just saying an affirmation like I'm powerful, but inside you don't believe it, it's not going to cause you any damage, but it might not have a very positive impact because you just don't believe it. And saying the words without believing the words, it's not going to do anything. But if you say words that you believe, so a self-affirming statement could be like, I'm really kind because last week at work, when Sarah was struggling, I went into her cubicle and I gave her a big hug. You know, it's connecting to something that you've done or uh, at the end of the day, rather than getting into bed and going through the 20 things that you didn't do well, like the missed text message or the laundry that you forgot to hang out or the school note that you forgot to send in, start going through the things you did well. You know, I got to work on time. I got the kids bathed. I got dinner on the table. Like I think actually redirecting your attention towards the things that you're doing well will also help to bolster that sensation of um, self-esteem and self-efficacy. I think also like putting into like work and work and like community in a way, let's, I'm going to use promotion as the best option, but um, as my example, I mean, I think if you, if that's what, if that's what your goal is. So I think also important to write down, where do you want to be? Where do you want to be in 18 months from now? And then, so from right today, from today's date, where do you want to be 18 months from now? 
and then go backwards and say, where was I 18 months ago? How, how far have I come? Like, am I in better relationships now? Am I, um, are the people, is my workplace better? Is, um, you know, are the people that I surround myself with better? Am I eating better? Am I sleeping more? Um, am I? Yes, am I, notice the growth. Yeah, so I think reflection is an incredible thing. Hindsight's an even better. T- I wish we all had that. But I think you need to look at where you are, where you're standing right now, where you were 18 months ago. Was that – if you wanted to be where you were 18 months ago, then that's your goal for the next 18 months. If you need to look at it. Growth is a really big thing. Change is a great thing. I think you need to look at it from a, all angles, not just the negative. You've got to let – I did this today. I did this. I I got all these amazing feedback from my boss. I absolutely crushed this. I um I've found a new girlfriend, a new mum friend that is just so on my level and she hypes me up all the time. I think you need to look at what's around you and what you've got going on. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great advice. All right. Where what else? We've got a few more here, but maybe I'll choose All right. Advice around pregnancy body image. I'm heavily pregnant and I'm struggling to accept my body, my body. I realized that I identified too strongly with looking a certain way and now being pregnant, my identity and self-worth has crumbled. I don't recognize my reflection and I feel lost about who I am. Oh, let me just want to hug her. Yeah. I actually just got like semi-emotional because I just, I feel you feel so raw when you're pregnant. Like you don't rec- you literally don't look like yourself. You know, you've if you got some really cool things, I got this really bad um they call it pregnancy mask. It's like I so the, glow's, the glow's total BS, if I'm honest. Um and the people that get the glow are supermodels that have literally been athrode on social media. But it's so it's such a raw and vulnerable time you can't see your toes you don't you can look in the in the mirror and it literally looks like a different person so I can completely resonate with that and then throw in hormones then throw in morning sickness if you were a sucker for that um it is it's so turbulent it's so it's such a raw time it's such a vulnerable time and it, you can't you can't explain it until you've been in that exact situation. You can't explain how just and everything hurts. You can't sleep. You can't exercise the way you want to. You can't eat some of the things you love. It's just such a rubbish time. And then and then throw in the clothes, the maternity wear is. I, I I can assure you, I found no nice maternity wear. The the jeans, as fun as they are, with the little bump thing, they just they're ugly. They are. Um, I, so I think you, you I can't even build yourself up with like clothes or with shoes because they don't fit or you know it's just you can't you can't get comfortable in yourself because it's just your body changes every literally every day yeah I think too there can be a bit of a pregnancy myth that so many of us expect to take part in and for the lucky few it is a time where you embrace every change in your body and you're glowing and you are just the picture of the mother goddess and it's amazing. Your hair grows, your skin glows, you feel so, so good about all of the new lumps and bumps. Like I think that we all kind of hope for that experience, but it's not always 
that way. And I think it's important that we have conversations surrounding the challenges of your body feeling like it is completely out of your control. Yes. Because it is. It is. All of a sudden, it's like you've just signed over the authority to your body and all of a sudden, maybe you can't eat the things that you wanted to eat. Maybe you are sick nonstop. Maybe you just really hate the way that pregnancy actually feels. I can mm-hmm. understand that for some women, the feeling of something in their something, the feeling of their baby in their stomach, in their womb, can actually be a really unsettling experience. But I think in this instance, for this lady who is saying, you know, that she has noticed that her identity and her self-worth has crumbled because it was so closely tied to how she looks. So she obviously puts so much value in how she looks. And I bet you any money that comes from childhood, I bet you any money one of her parents praised the shit out of her for being small, being slim, or it was the opposite. And she worked really hard to get to a point where she fit the beauty standards. And then society rewards that as well. Thin privilege is a real thing. Fat phobia is a real thing. It's a very troubling thing to recognize, oh my God, my identity and my self-worth is built into the control I have over my body and to feel like you are crumbling. That's a very real thing for a lot of pregnant people. And, you, you know, if you want to... Okay, an example like you know, you, this person clearly does put a lot of value in that, and it, and it's it it's a normal thing to think that because that's what we've always been told. You're praised if you're all of those things, all of the things that you just mentioned, but you can't. You literally don't have any control. So if you if you wake up tomorrow and you're like, oh, I really don't like where I'm at in my mind, not being pregnant, I I really want to get fit. I'm going to go. I'm going to sign up to this gym. I'm going to do an eight week boot camp, and I'm literally going to sweat until I until I vomit. You can't do that when you're pregnant. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't exert yourself to that kind of level. She probably, she may not even be able to keep food down. Like you can't, you literally have no control of it. And I you think lose agency. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, I, I wish I could give you a cuddle because I just, I can hear it's such a, the raw, it's a raw course, time. It's but, so hard. Um, but what I, I would, I, I want to give you some hindsight. I mean, um, I loved my first pregnancy. I actually, I loved it. I loved everything about it, but it was the season I was in, you know, I, I went through pregnancy. I was at, um, my most pregnant in the middle of summer, my favorite season. I love wearing long flowy dresses. That's my vibe. So I felt more at ease in that time in my life. My second pregnancy, I was my heaviest during winter, a season I literally hate and I hated getting out of bed. I didn't want to work out. I didn't want to do that. So it's, and I, I felt like I had no control of it. But I just want to say to this person, hindsight is an incredible thing. When you meet your bubs and when they, as they grow, you literally will thank your body for what they've brought. Like they just, I want to say that right now you're feeling it because oh, hashtag hormones are crazy. I think you just need to know that a year from now, your body might still be different. It might have changed. It might have little marks where it didn't before, but you will be so so much more grateful for your body when you see what's at the end. If that, 
I, and I, 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 I'm sure listeners that understand this and have had kids or, you know, are in their postpartum journey or potentially uh, that's been left in, du- in the dust, they will understand what I'm trying to sort of articulate. But a year from now when that bub is walking around talking, giving you sloppy, delicious kisses, you will, you will thank your body for what it's been able to do, what it's been able to produce, this perfect little person. I, I just, but be, for right now, I understand how you feel because it's just, you, you have to take your hands off the wheel and hope for the best. But I promise you what's coming, the, the prize at the end, you will look back on it and be able to reflect, hopefully in a really good way to say, oh, my God, look what my body was able to do. I was yeah. able to carry my body full term and do, you know, yeah, celebrate your body. How you're feeling now yeah. isn't necessary. A necessary, let me start again. How you're feeling now isn't necessarily a permanent state. It's temporary. Yes. And perhaps you will get to that point a year into motherhood where you're feeling so much more appreciative. But I would also say, like, what a wonderful thing that that part of your identity is crumbling now because what an opportunity to build your identity around some things that are actually within your control and are going to be things that uh, you can lean on regardless of the stage or season in life because I hate to tell you if you have your identity steeped in how you look aging is going to fuck you up so this is preach yeah and like so this is a beautiful opportunity for you to go holy shit I'm crumbling I don't know who I am I put so much value in my body this is your invitation right now to change that because you're going to have to change it at some point or you're going to be miserable and you don't want to lead a miserable life and you don't want to raise a child that puts their value in their body because heaven forbid they're not uh, fully able. You know, you might have a disabled child. You might become disabled yourself. You know, aging, all of these things, our bodies, our looks change. Eventually you will get to an age where you begin to feel invisible. You know, people aren't commenting on your body. You're not praised for it. So you have to, like you've got to get in touch with your values and your other attributes. And I promise you that you have them. You have so much more to offer the world than how you look. You have so much more to offer the world than the shape of your body and so much more to offer your child than a parent who thinks and feels like that and it's not your fault it's not your fault that you feel like it's crumbling but this is your opportunity this is your responsibility to go whoa I feel like everything right now has come undone but I'm going to pick up a thread and I'm going to weave some new beliefs and I'm going to set myself up for success and realize that my body is a vessel it is not uh, something to be forced into a small size or something that should be praised Uh, or something that, you know, I should force to look the way that society wants it to look. This is my vessel for life. And this is the vessel that allows me to be thoughtful, to be curious, to be kind, to be a loving partner, to be a loving daughter, whatever it is, like just lean, lean on some other parts of your identity. Uh, And if you're struggling, like if you don't know what those parts are, get our program, The Blueprint, 
um, because it will take you through how to choose your values, how to find your three to five words. It will take you through the importance of building out your identity. You know, I speak about it in the blueprint. I say, if you have one leg of your identity and it's how you look, when it gets knocked out, that tabletop falls. But if you imagine a tabletop and it has 16 legs, right? And sure, one of those legs might be how you look, but when it gets knocked out, you've still got other 15 legs, which might be relational identity. It might be the things that you're passionate about, your self-efficacy, the things you do well, your belief system, your network, your friends. We need to get more legs in the identity table so that when something happens in life, when something changes, you don't completely fall apart. So grab yourself a copy of the blueprint because it will really support you on that journey. Yep. And I just hang in there, mama. It just is be compassionate to yourself. Yeah. Oh, just give yourself time. And um, best another piece best piece of advice is literally delete um, Instagram and TikTok and everything and Facebook. Yes, make your world smaller. Delete. Yeah. Like let uh, follow people that you that build you up because there's no point following Gigi Hadid and watching her pregnancy story if you're pregnant at the same time. You don't want that. You don't need that energy in your life. You just Is that a personal to... trigger, right? Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you know, just let your. It's for right now. This, this is the season you're in. You're you're about to bring something so incredible into the world. Um, and that should be celebrated. Um, but I can understand why you're feeling the way you can, but just make your world smaller, bring in yeah. the world, be kind to yourself and realise you will realise, I promise you, in a year's time, you will realise how strong you actually are as a person, as um, as a mother, as a daughter, as a friend, because motherhood changes you and it changes you for the better. And it's, yeah, it's in my opinion. And also, I mean, yes, great. I love, love, love that advice. But also don't be afraid to get a therapist and do the work because parenting is a growth journey. Parenting is triggering. You don't want to pass these beliefs onto your uh, beautiful, innocent child. Um, So do the work. And this is a wake-up call. This is your chance. Get a therapist. Dig deep maybe play back the last 10 minutes and re-listen to this as well because there might be something that you have missed. But there are a couple of questions we didn't get to. So we're going to have to do another episode because I said to Rach, we'll make it half an hour, we'll make it speedy. And she said, let's make it 45. And we're now it's you know, you, need it, you, need it, you can't, you just get into it. I feel like people are just pouring <laughs> their drinks. and Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I could go, I love these kinds of questions because I feel like they're just it's like a, I feel a, such a good girl vibe from it and I just I want to answer all of them. <laughs> well, we've got some questions about falling in love with married men. Oof. We've got some other juicy questions as well. So we will have to schedule another podcast. But in the meantime, my love, thank you so much for your time tonight. It's always it. a joy to see it. you. Um, yeah. give, give the gals a kiss for me in the morning. Yeah, I've got a um, I've got a date with uh, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> She's got to go watch a serial killer doco. We also started um, Killer Sally. Oh, okay, night. right, I understand. Because um, I think I need to get back on board with the. With the I'm going to start. I'm going to go back into the podcast, the crime podcast. You? Now that you've mentioned it, all right, Killer Sally. I'm no, at Ki- Killer Sally is a Netflix one, okay. and it's like this 
bodybuilding couple. Oh, and there's a bit of Roy Gray. <laughs> of course. Tim Rachel's recommendations. Yeah. yeah. Um, mine is so dark. Like mine's so dark. It's it's literally serial killers and then and then like Coco Melon, if I've forgotten to flick the channels between the two. So Coco yeah. Melon wiggles and yeah. One extreme um, to the other. Yeah, I look like a yeah, it's real head. I look very unhinged if you look through my recommendation in my list. I think it's like all a do. history. I wouldn't let I wouldn't let oh. a first date see it. I wouldn't. Oh, here's another one just while we're going. Do you have Disney Plus? Yeah, I have children. Of course. Okay. Yeah, I was, was going to say stupid <laughs> question. We watch uh, The Patient with Steve Carell. So basically, let me give you a quick synopsis and I won't spoil it for any listeners. It's slow moving, but they're short episodes and I love Steve Carell, but he is kidnapped by a patient of his who is a serial killer and he wants, the serial killer wants to get better. So he kidnaps Steve Carell so that he can have live in therapy. It's Is it true? Like, is it a real, is it based on real life? God, I hope not. I hope oh not. You, the moment it says based on true events, I've, I've already I've added it to my list. I freaking love anything like that. Well, Brendan has just made me made me. <laughs> Brendan has just yeah. I'm gonna go made me made me sit through the Conjuring films, and he's like nope. they're based on true events. No, nope. they're not nope. scared. Like they're not. Like I always find them like slightly comical. Like they're like. Have you seen any of them? Nope. No, no, no. I, I it's not as that. bad as I thought. No. Okay. I, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Look at us. We're um, like, we're going to wrap it up. Hang on. <laughs> um, I watched the years ago. So I haven't watched it since cause I've been too scared. Um, God, now I'm trying to think of it. The Blair Witch Project that literally terrified me. I remember seeing that with, um, oh. I was going to say his name. I don't know if you you know him. He went to our high school. It rhymes with Schmant Schmipke. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a date with him in high school and we saw the Blair Witch Project and with Mamie Schmang. What a date, though. I mean, no wonder he's not in the scene anymore. Um, um, oh, my God. That's so funny. I yeah. There was another one. There was another there. The paranormal, the paranormal, paranormal activity where there, it's like a dash. It looks like a I haven't dash. seen that. Can't watch it. It seems too real to me. And most of my friends, anyone that's watched it, will probably be laughing at me, thinking how ridiculous it is that I get scared by that. But I can literally sit through like a twelve doco series about someone that actually murdered people. I can't sit through like fake scary. It's too scary. So, too scary. It's so interesting. Like I think it's that combination of like. The music, the anticipation, yeah. the pop-outs, all of that stuff. But this house that we live in, which you guys really need to come down for a barbecue, yes. but this house that we live in, the lights always Stop it. Uh, uh, the lights always flicker. And Brendan reckons he sees things in the reflections. Oh my god, he, I goosebumps. We always say it's his mum because he will talk to her and we'll be like, oh, Narelle did, did it did it or if Brendan says something cheeky like the lights flicker and he's like fuck off mum like we always <laughs> say it's his mum but yeah he's like I see things in the reflection because there's so much glass here and I was like yeah yeah that's fine like that's cool but he's just started like going back to team sports where he's out for like hours yeah. at a time like he's yeah. out tonight and I'm like oh my god this is actually creepy when the lights flicker and he's not here should we turn this into like a seven hour series so that I can should stay we with you? Do, should we do like a ghost stories podcast we should 
Oh my god! There probably is a market for that because um, maybe I have a couple in the bank. Well, let's do you? Okay, we'll we'll wrap it up because it's twenty to ten. Decide if they want us to keep rambling. (laughs) All right. What I will do is, yeah, we'll maybe we can put up a story on Instagram and invite people to share their (gasps) experiences, and then we can read it out and share okay. okay but like i said it's nearly 10 p.m my time you need to go get out of your gym clothes and see your lovely hubby wipe off this some survirex no leave it it's endearing i like it it's good all right my love i will <laughs> chat with you very soon i'll stop the podcast now so thank you for joining me love you bye everyone love you this is what i want this is what i need if you don't have to go I can set you free Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do You know what's cool with me Whisper in the dark Whispers in the dark You've come to play, don't you? Looking for something new I got a lot underneath Tricks up my catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 